As we uh, look this morning at this psalm, um, you'll notice a couple of interesting things uh, that can be pointed out. Um, And I might ask you, uh, these verses won't always be on the screen, so if if you have a Bible with you or uh, a phone or a computer with a Bible, if you would go to put that on uh, Psalm 145, we're going to keep coming back to there. Uh, This psalm is a song of David, um, and it's a song of praise. And this this is the last song uh, among the psalms that is accredited to David as the writer. And um, um, another thing about this psalm is that it's one of the few, I think there are only five in all the 150 that are acrostic psalms. So an acrostic, you probably remember from, um, uh, I, I hope you were told about it in English classes, or at least some class, an acrostic is when uh, you have poetry in verse, uh, and the first letter of uh, each stanza, and in this case, each verse, is, uh, goes in order through the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, in English, it doesn't show up that way because the letters are not the same, uh, but there are approximately 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and in this psalm, uh, that's the way that it is written, an acrostic that David wrote. And another thing that uh, Warren Wiersbe points out is that in this psalm, um, it's interesting, there are no requests. David is not asking anything from God. Uh, There's no petition uh, there is no cry um, because he needs to be rescued from something. It's a psalm completely filled with praise to God. The beauty of God makes it impossible not to praise. Uh, let's just look at the, those first few verses. This is verses 1 through 3. Extol, bless, praise, greatness forever and ever, uh, those words go again and again through these verses. I will extol you, my God and King. Bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you. I will praise you. Uh, great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. So this word uh, extol is not a common word in our English language. I don't know the last time that uh, you heard it unless you're reading the scriptures. Uh, it's an old older kind of English word, but it means to to lift up, uh, to talk about, uh, to praise, to talk about how wonderful someone or something is. Uh, Some of you who noticed that uh, New Mexico United won last night uh, might finally extol them. Uh, They held on. Uh, They didn't lose in the last two minutes. Uh, That is, but this is What David's doing is praising something much bigger, uh, who is God. Now, one of the reasons we praise our Heavenly Father is that he loves to take the weak and downtrodden and use them to lift up the name of his son, Jesus. I want to tell you about Cesar Gomez. Uh, Cesar grew up in Cusco, Peru. Uh, He was a child uh, of a single mom. Uh, There was never a father in his home. And his mother worked in the tourist industry uh, as a waitress, 
catering to people that came to visit Cusco and then went on to Machu Picchu. And uh, uh, with no father at home, there was not much guidance. Uh, as a young teenager, though, some neighbors in Cusco took interest in Caesar and started taking him to church. And it wasn't long before Caesar came to faith in Christ. He even eventually went to an informal Bible college there in uh, Cusco, Peru. And after he came to Christ, he had a burden to reach other teenagers like himself, uh, kids that were often on the street uh, because they had no parents or because their parents were always working. Uh, he saw their needs. Uh, he wanted to help them find and know the Lord Jesus, have the security of that. Uh, and the church that he was attending at the time with his mother, Caesar began to bring some of these kids that were his friends from the streets, from school, uh, to the church. They were not washed adolescents. Uh, they were not clean, as you might think, uh, morally. Uh, but they were struggling with drugs, uh, with immorality. And the people in the church that were uh, Caesar was worshiping and actually beginning to lead the youth group as a teenager really were not happy that he was bringing these children off the streets. Uh, it scared the parents to death to think of uh, these troubled teens being mixed in with their kids for worship. After seven years of trying to convince the church to welcome these teenagers, uh, someone said to Caesar, if the formal church still won't accept these new disciples that the Lord has brought into your life, uh, why don't you start a church for them? That thought uh, scared Caesar. But he prayed and fasted, and a week later started a house church for these unwashed teens. Now in the last 17 years, uh, this has become a movement of house churches uh, touching unreached Quechua Indians. Uh, most of the people in Cusco and up in the mountains uh, to the east of Cusco uh, are from the, that Indian tribe, the Quechua, the descendants of the Incas. Uh, and now those worshiping there in house churches, of which there are 19 or 20, uh, are called Zona Segura, or safe place. Why do they call it safe place? Well, uh, Inca homes at times are good, but at times there's much abuse of children, uh, especially of girls in homes. So as a church, um, Zona Segura began taking some of these children, taking them to places to help train them uh, to work, to train them in discipleship and in uh, working the Bible, uh, teaching the Bible, to get a life skill so that they could support themselves. And uh, you can imagine what it would be like for a young person growing up in a, a broken-down wooden hut with dirt floors, uh, sleeping on the floor on a straw mat themselves, uh, cooking over open fire, then if they are asked to come and work at the Hampton Inn uh, in Cusco, what are they going to do? Well, this discipleship training school uh, helps them learn how to do that. And uh, out of those kids that are um, studying the Bible, being discipled, and learning a job skill, you see a church like this. Uh, 
doesn't look like city prayers. It's a dirt floor. Uh, and there's communion that they're going to celebrate. And now the leaders uh, in these house churches mostly are people that have come through that discipleship training school. God is good. His beauty is shown in many strange places. They also have an orphanage. They can abandon and abuse kids. Uh, and this training school now uh, is one that is promoting the movement of churches uh, that uh, surge people are partnering with in Peru. The beauty of Christ makes it impossible not to praise. Um, I um, told Paul, I promised him a map. So here's the map. Uh, you can see in the, on the eastern side of it, the city uh, Cusco, down almost toward the bottom, about two-thirds down from the top. And if you go to the right of that, you're going into the mountains, uh, which some go up to 14,000 feet in that area. And that's also the region of Machu Picchu. Uh, and that's where these churches are being started, as well as other places. The beauty of Christ makes it impossible not to praise. Now, um, there are other ways to look at the beauty of God. Uh, not just in uh, grapefruits and blueberries, uh, or the smaller things, the atoms, uh, but there are things about God that can be seen in our universe. Going back to verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. Now what does it mean to, uh, to meditate? I think in our culture we often um, mix up uh, meditation with things like transcendental meditation. Or think of a, a spooky uh, Hinduish, um, well, things like that. And, but there is a biblical use of the word meditation and that's to think about, to say the same thing in different ways to remind us of who God is. And in this portion of Psalm 145, it's talking about praising him through these things. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, here's a wondrous work in front of us, uh, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and sing aloud of your righteousness. David is calling us to meditate on the glorious splendor of God's works. There's all, ways, there's all kinds of ways to think about what God has done, uh, both in our lives spiritually and the creation. Uh, here's an example from the creation. Uh, this is a picture of Messier 81 galaxy. Uh, how big is the known universe? Anybody want to attempt to answer that? How big is the known universe? 
Well, if people tell the truth, we don't know. Uh, we don't have any idea. How big is it? It's unimaginably immense. This picture of Messier 81 is 12 million light years away from the Earth. 12 million light years away from the Earth. And, and what that means, if, if you just talk through it in some way of meditating how big the things that God has made is 12 million light years means that you would travel the speed of light for 12 million years. 180,000 miles per second uh, for 12 million years and you come close to Messier 81. Uh, it's a galaxy uh, in the Ursa Minor uh, region of the universe. Just think about our sun. Uh, how far away is the sun from us uh, in miles? 92,924,000 miles. Now that's further than we drive for our vacations. Um, it's, a, it's a long way. One astronomer named Douglas Adams says, if you want to talk about the universe, all I can say is that it's big. Uh, and every time they send up a new telescope, the James Webb is the newest one, they find more and more and more. Uh, 92, 92 million miles away for our sun, and the sun is 2,700,000 miles in circumference. Um, I don't know, I, I think I lost, I had a penny in here in this bag, and I, I lost it. If anyone finds it, you're free. Oh, I got it. If you were to take this penny, and if we can imagine the penny being the size of the sun, uh, and I'll just I'll hold it up so you can see it. If, it. if this was the size of the sun, uh, and we laid it on the floor, and we measured the distance to the nearest star with everything in proportion to what this penny is representing the sun, uh, the closest star would be still 350 um, miles away. So if this was the sun, uh, the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, would be in Sedona, Arizona. Some of you know that distance. Uh, the universe is big. What is the point of us talking about this? Uh, I'm not just going to show you a map of the sun or how to get to Sedona. Uh, you don't need help with that. You can look on your phone. Uh, but the point is that the distances of the things that God has made just by speaking, just by speaking, uh, are immense. Natural revelation speaks clearly. It shouts of Yahweh's awesome deeds and creative power. We can't even speak and get our kids to do much. He speaks and creates universes. Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says... 
The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day and night pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. They declare your greatness and fame. But these amazing testimonies of the natural world can only take us so far. They are not enough, even though they declare God's greatness and his power and uh, his ability just to speak and create. They are not enough to free us from the anti-God impulses of the human heart. The beauty of God makes it impossible not to praise. We need more than what these physical things can show us uh, to deliver us from our trouble. The Lord is abounding. The Lord, let's see if we're getting, yes. Uh, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to call uh, to all who call on him in truth. Where do we see the glory of God most clearly? Our Father's beauty is seen more directly in his Son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians tells us, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, this is the Apostle Paul writing, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is calling us. Jesus said, when uh, he was being questioned by the Pharisees, if we're going to call upon God in truth, Uh, here is the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What a very clear demonstration we have of how God covers sin and makes us his children. Oh, that's supposed to be a question to you. What very clear demonstration do we have of how God covers our sin and makes us his children? The Father has given us communion as a physical, tangible way to remember what Christ has done for us. Uh, It is a celebration of the Eucharist, uh, the good gift of God, the Lord's Supper. Through faith in Jesus, we must trust that his blood and his body make us adopted, cleansed children in his family. We're going to celebrate that in just a few minutes. The beauty of God makes it impossible not to praise. And David closes the psalm by saying, My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. We're made to praise God. He created us for that purpose. He's given us all things around us, not just stars and galaxies or moons or blueberries or grapefruits. Uh, but the sacrifice of his son uh, who came and gave himself for us, uh, which we are going to celebrate in just a minute. David closes with, again, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. 
The beauty of God makes it impossible not to praise. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, the way you have worked and reached into our lives. Uh, we don't deserve the love that you've shown us or the way that you have delivered us from things that have entrapped us. Uh, we thank you that you are worthy of praise. Make our lives more and more uh, lives, lives of praise. Fill our hearts with thanksgiving and praise and then let those things fill us even as we come to you to ask uh, for your mercy on us, for deliverance from our sins, uh, and for you to lead us forward uh, in life. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.